say the game is getting old. Monday morning and your coffee's cold. Life is not what you want it to be. Hello, everyone, and welcome to A New Direction. My name is Jay Izzo, and holy cow, do we did it today. Wow. Man, happy Veterans Day. Holy cow. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. Today's show, <laughs> it doesn't get any better than this, man. I'm going to tell you right now, guess who we brought back? Friend of the show, Major Jason Van Camp. His book, Deliberate Discomfort. Oh, and we're gonna make you uncomfortable today yeah i'm telling you this is what it's all about folks come on listen you know what you gotta get out of your comfort zone we don't get better when all we do is we stay real comfortable with where we're at no you if you want to be better if you want to take life and you want to challenge it and you want to become the best that you can possibly be you have got to be uncomfortable and you've got to do it on purpose oh man and jason's with us and he is awesome and oh with the book I, four times i've gone read this book oh man the book just gets better i needed a kick in the tail he gave me one again <laughs> and he's gonna give you some too listen oh tell your friends i'm telling you the book is fantastic he's gonna be fantastic but before we get to him let's what we do every week and you know what that is right i i walk you through your training in the four areas of your life. And and he, what do you mean, Jay? Look, Jason has said it, and this is the reason he inspired. I actually told him he inspired this, him and uh, 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 Tom Satterley, who was on the show from Delta Force. You know what? The truth of the matter is we're only as good as our training. Because he's going to talk about that, you know, we don't rise to the occasion, right? Everybody thinks, oh, man, you could step it up. Man, you, you know what? You fall back to what you, what you how well you trained. And we are four-part people. We are physical people, mental people, emotional people, and spiritual people. All right? And and the fact of the matter is, if you're, you know, we're in this weird time, right? Whatever you want to call it, pandemic or whatever you, whatever your term is, okay? Here's the thing. You know what? You're starting to see, you know, how, how great people's training is in those four areas of their life. There's, they're, 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 people are falling apart, folks. But that doesn't mean... It doesn't mean that you can't be training right now to improve yourself. So on a scale of 1 to 10, we're going to walk through these four years. Scale of 1 to 10, 1 being miserable, that's how my training's going. 10, my training is outstanding, it can't get any better. I want to know how is your training going in these areas. So we're going to look at the first area. First area is physical, right? And what do I mean by physical? Well, the first thing I want to know is, you know, first of all, exercise, how well are you eating? Are you eating the right things, putting the right stuff into your body? Are you drinking enough water? Are you getting enough sleep? Right? Are you, I mean, are you, are you doing those types of things to help your body physically? On a scale of 1 to 10, how would you say that training is going? And then you have two questions to ask yourself. The first question is, why is my training the way it is? And then secondly, what am I going to do to improve it? Right now. What can I do to improve my training? You know... Here's an idea. Why don't you be listening to this show? You, I'll tell you what you do. Get out of your chair. Okay, if you're sitting in your car, don't do this. But if you're in a chair, why don't you put your earbuds in, okay? And why don't you just go for a walk? Take the dog, if you got a dog. Take the cat. I don't care. Do something, right? Do you have a carbonated beverage in front of you? I want you to put the lid back on. I want you to throw it in a trash can. I want you to find a bottle of water. Those are things you could do right now, right? Right? 
Are you sitting in are you sitting in a fast food line because you're in too much of a hurry and you've got to eat something? I want you to get out of the fast food line. I know you've paid for the food. I don't care. Get out. Find something else. It's healthier. Okay. I, those are things that you can do, right? Those are things you could do right now. All right, so whatever that number is, right? I'm not trying to get you. If you're a three, it's okay. I'm, I'm not trying to get you to a 10 today. I just want to get you a 3.5, right? Second number, the mental number, right? And how's your mental training? And what do I mean by mental training? What The whole idea of training is that you're an active participant in whatever that piece is. So if it's mental, what are you doing actively to increase your mental ability? What does that look like? Okay, so what that looks like is what are you doing to enhance your wisdom? What are you doing to enhance what you do? What are you reading? What are you an active participant in trying to grow your mind in knowledge and understanding? I know that Jason actually is a really big fan of the Roman Empire. He's a huge fan of it, by the way. Right? I mean, it's something he studies. And you go, well, how does that help you? Well, you know what? You learn a lot in history. <laughs> it expands our mind, Right? Right? And, and so what are you doing? Right? Don't be a mental loafer. Right? It didn't say meat loafer, mental loafer, because that's what we do. You know what we mentally loaf? What we do is we let things come at us, and they kind of tell us this is what we should think. And so we go, okay, I'll think that. No, be an active participant. Read. Read outside of read outside the things that you are normally. Move the, move the fiction. Get into some nonfiction. Grow. Take up an instrument, learn a foreign language, all those things grow, right? So on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate yourself in your training? And then same two questions, why and what are you going to do about it? All right, so you got two numbers. Third number is the emotional number, right? How do you emotionally train? What we're, every day we emotionally train. I'm in emotional training, right? For some of you, some of you are really, really elated about the election results. Some of you are not it, because the country's 50-50. I can tell you, half of you who listen to the show are really excited and half of you who listen to the show are really not all that excited. You know what? You're in emotional training because if you're, if you're the winner, you better not gloat. And if you're the loser, you know what? You're going to have to move on. That's just, that's just, that's just the emotional part of it. That's your training. Well, how can I do that? Well, you have to make a choice. That's what you have to, you have to make a choice. You can choose your emotions. Did not say it was easy. Trust me. I struggle with it too at times, but you have to make a choice. Great place to start is gratitude. Want to change your attitude? Start with gratitude. Really is. It's a great choice. Right. The other part of the emotional piece is not only controlling your emotions, but it's also being able to tap into the emotions of other people. And I suggest that you get yourself an emotional wheel so that you can have a different, whole different variety of emotions. Because you know what? We're not just angry. Anger comes in a whole bunch of different levels. We're not just happy. Happy comes in a whole bunch of different levels. We're not just sad. Sad comes in a whole bunch of different levels. The better your vocabulary, the better that you can identify the emotion, the better that you identify the emotion, it is easier for you to control that emotion and understand the emotions of others. Just Google up emotion wheel. You're going to see thousands of emotions out there that you probably haven't tapped into. So how would you say your emotional training is going? Right? Scale of 1 to 10. Right? Then same two questions. Why and what are you going to do about to change it? And then finally, the fourth area is the spiritual area. And I know a bunch of people out there are going, God, I'm not spiritual. I don't believe in spiritual things. You do. Because if you remove the physical, the mental, and the emotional, anything that's left is spiritual. 
on a spiritual level. And here's the other thing, right? And and you and some of you have heard me say this. Do you? I'm just asking. I'm just asking everybody out there. Do you have plans for your future? Yes or no? Do you, and do you believe? in the plans that you have for your future. I don't care if it's that you're planning to travel somewhere for the holidays, however limited that may be, or if you're planning on going starting school or if you're planning on starting a business, do you have plans, yes or no? Just answer that question. If your answer is yes, you're spiritual. And you go, well, why is that? Because they haven't happened yet and yet you believe they will. That's called faith. That's called faith, which means that you're spiritual. You believe that things are going to happen that haven't happened. Well, I've already, you know, well, I've got plans. Well, you made plans. That means that they haven't happened yet, have they? It's spiritual. Right? And then the other part of the spiritual piece is not only having faith, but the other part of the spiritual piece is that, you know, what brings you back to center? What When when there's chaos around, what what centers you? And then there's the, the spirit of the human. There's a spirit inside of us that somehow our strength can be zapped, our emotions can be exhausted, our, our, our mind can be shot, but we can continue to go. That's the spirit of the person. That's a spiritual thing, right? There's a, there's a will inside there that we can't explain. Right? I don't know what brings you back to center. I don't know what brings you back to joy in the midst of chaos, whether that's God or meditation or nature or whatever it may be for you. But here's the question. How is the training going and how is it working out? And if it's not working out, do you need to change something? And as my good friend, uh, Major Jason uh, Van Camp, has said to me, and I've kind of changed it a little bit, and I will say it again, being spiritual is not going to church and thinking about fishing. Being spiritual is going fishing and thinking about God. There it is. So let me, so those your four areas. Think of those four areas like the legs of a chair, right? And if the legs of the chair are kind of off center and they're not equal, guess what happens, right? You're going to have bad posture. Bad posture over the time creates all sorts of problems. If the chair is too low, you're not going to sit at the right table. And, you know, speaking of someone who's got his world altogether, his name is Jason Van Camp. He was born in Washington, D.C. and raised across the Potomac River in Springfield, Virginia. Uh, 1995, Jason was accepted to the United States Military Academy at West Point. While at West Point, he played linebacker for the Army Black Knights football team. Uh, he received the prestigious Central Lefke Award for Excellence in Foreign Languages. After graduating from West Point, he volunteered to attend the United States Army Ranger School in Fort Benning, uh, Georgia, where he earned his Rangers tab. Uh, during his service, he then began a one-year tour in Korea and served a few miles from the demilitary zone between South and North Korea. Immediately uh, after serving in Korea, Jason was deployed in the 101st Airborne Division in the invasion of Iraq. In 2006, he won the coveted Green Beret and began serving as detachment commander with the 10th Special Forces Group in Fort Carson, Colorado. As a detachment commander, um, Jason led his team on close to 300 combat missions to kill, capture high-valued targets, as well as created and commanded one of the largest foreign internal defense force in United States history, training nearly 4,000 Iraqi and Kurdish soldiers in hand-to-hand combat raid and patrolling techniques, unconventional war, fair, and personal security. Detailed tactics, as well as deploying these forces on the battlefield. During his 14 years, Jason has won a numerous awards, notably the Bronze Star with B device for Valor, as well as two additional Bronze Stars during his numerous combat rotations as a Special Forces Detachment Commander in the Middle East and Africa. Uh, following his 
time, Jason was selected uh, over his peers to serve in the 10th Group Assistant Operations Forces. He got his MBA, went back to the United States Army, where he uh, served at with the Special Forces Command at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, and then he retired after his 18 years, including his time at West Point. He's married to his wife, Elizabeth. He has two beautiful kids. He loves history of Roman Empire, the study of religion, playing with his dogs, the art of Krav Maga, and uh, supporting D.C. professional sports teams and helping veterans through nonprofit organizations. He's also the commander of Mission 6-0. That is www.mission6zero.com. He's worked with seven National Football League teams, Teams, two major league baseball teams, several corporations, and he has personally raised over $1 million to help veterans start or attempt to start their own businesses. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to, and it is our honor to have you on, Major Jason Van Camp. Welcome to A New Direction. Hey, thanks for having me on again, man. I had such a good time the first time. Let's see if we can top it this time. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm vibing with you big time, man. I love everything you just said, except for my ex- Extremely long bio, man. We can cut cut back on that the next time. <laughs> well, we we may be able, we may be able to cut that back the next time, but I think because you know this is a special week, right? I mean, we're we're doing a special week, and we are it honoring is. we are honoring not only uh, the veterans of the past, but you know those folks who are currently serving um, all over the world, and we're in a course in seventy countries around the world, and uh, I know that we have a lot of folks who are listening and may not know you. Hopefully, they all do, but. They may not, and uh, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. My wife thanks you. Uh, the people that I am closest to thank you for your service uh, to this country, for protecting our freedom, and we are grateful for you and everybody else out there. So thank you personally. Well, thank you for saying that. It means a lot. Uh, it cuts to my heart when you say that, and I know a lot of veterans, for whatever reason, don't like hearing someone say thank you for your service, but. For me, I enjoy it as long as it's heartfelt and it's sincere. And coming from you, it is. I always respond with, don't let me down. (laughs) My buddy Leroy Petrie, he's a Medal of Honor recipient. He's also a member of my team at Mission 6-0. That's how he responds to everybody that says, thank you for your service. And I love it. So I started to say the same exact thing. When he says, don't let me down, what does he really mean by that? It means like action. You got to do something. It isn't just about saying thank you. It's about, hey, listen, I sacrificed an arm. Like he, he right. threw a grenade out of a trench. You read the story about Leroy and blew off his arm and he was shot through both of his legs and he continued fighting. You know, he picked up his rifle with his left hand and defeated the Taliban and got his guys to safety. And it's a hell of a story. It yeah. was impactful. And when he says, listen, don't let me down, he's like, hey, I did all that for you. Now it's your turn to reciprocate mm. in however in whichever way you feel is is um is just and fair i love that and uh and that's hard to say when leroy petrie is saying that to you you're like wow man i'm not sure how i can how i can reciprocate your sacrifice brother but but at least you know that it is a two-way street you mm. know and i like that i do too i you know i really i i really like that i matter of fact you know leroy's story is a powerful story but and in as as all these stories are that you've written about in this book uh, deliberate discomfort is the name of the book by the way uh, available amazon award-winning book fantastic um when one of the one of the things though i think you know that we take for granted quite often is that when we do say that as civilians and then somebody says don't let me down you know what we, we it's why i really needed to hear you say what you say and i think the people need to hear that as well what do you what do i need to do and the truth is you know what? You're in command. 
do something with it, which is the last line of the book in chapter 12, because, and, and it's a great segue, because what you, what you just said, and I'm going to quote you, discomfort will never go away. This is chapter 12. It will always be there. You can't control it, and you shouldn't try. What I can control is how I choose to, to view and manage that discomfort when it manifests, manifests itself in my life. I can choose to be proactive and deliberately embrace discomfort. I'm in command. Now do something with it. I'm, that's a great start. Let's talk about that. It's, it's just a start. And I love that, you know, the, the last chapter, chapter 12 in the book, ends with my company commander, my boss, walking me to my new team room where I would be in command of a, a brand new A team, a Green Beret team, right? Right. And uh, after he punched in the code on my door to the team room, you know, the cipher lock, he said, I'm going to tell you what my boss told me right before he gave me command of this company. You're in command now. Do something with it. Mm. And I love how he said that to me. And it really resonated to me so much so that the model of my company, Mission Six Zero, is do something about it. Mm. It's about transitioning away from being a thought leader to being an action leader. Mm. It's about you know, not just saying thank you for your service as though you're saying, hey, how's it going? You know, and expecting some, you know, standard response and really not paying attention to it. It's about, you know, thank you for your service. Okay, thank you for saying that, right? Right. Do something about it. Don't let me down. Right. Right. So that's what um, Mission Six Zero is all about. It's what we should be doing as humans. And that's what you preach all the time. It's about action. How's the training going? Right. You know, how are your choices? What choices do you make on a daily basis? Right. I love it, man. And that's why we vibe so much. I, I, we do. And and I want to go back to Leroy's story because Leroy, I, I think one of the things about Leroy's story that you've kind of alluded to is all about the human spirit, which I kind of ended with in my little piece vignette. This, the thing that is so powerful that I think people are missing in this pandemic that we're kind of living in here. And you say this in your, in your book, you say this about Leroy. Leroy Petrie's story showcases the power and fortitude of human spirit as the foundation for optimal human performance. And I think, I think we neglect this aspect of our lives. I think the physical is easy. I think, you know, the mental is easy. I think the emotional is easy. But the people who are really surviving, and you and I talked before the show, the people who are really thriving, not just surviving, but thriving in this environment, I believe there's this power of fortitude in the human spirit. What's your thoughts? I couldn't agree more. I mean, that's what we talk about in Leroy's in Leroy's chapter. Um, it's about tapping into that power that we all have, power of the spirit. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you kind of sharpen your focus and your determination, and you're able to access your body's untapped potential. And you can achieve truly, I say in the book, truly superhuman feats. It's unbelievable what you can accomplish if you're spiritually attuned. Mm. You know, um, the way that I look at that is knowing first and foremost who you are. Who are you as a person? What do you believe in? Mm. Um what has made you into the person that you are today? What personal mm. hardships have you over overcome in your life? Mm. Um, and you achieve the spiritual strength 
through pain and suffering, mm. both internally and externally. We don't want to hear that. You don't want to hear that. You don't want to hear that it's uncomfortable. You want life to be easy, you know, but you can't find true achievement and progress through ease and comfort. You can only find it through through hardship and difficulty. And 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 that's where it's refined, you know? Right. Um, my friend Mike Moon, we talk about this in the book as well, in that specific chapter, he says that comfort is the enemy of achievement. Mm. You know, yeah. So he purposely, throughout his entire life, whatever he, whatever was uncomfortable, whatever was difficult for him personally, he chose that path, and it led him to, you know, basically, completely refining the process. He's at Procter and Gamble, where he was at, to you know, selling Behringer wines for over a billion dollars. You know, later in his life, the guy's. Incredibly accomplished businessman, and um, we can learn a lot from his his example. We're talking with Jason Van Camp. I'm sorry, Major Jason Van Camp. No, no, just Jason. You can even put a BA in the middle there. Jason, <laughs> BA, yeah. man. I, I love the BA. You know I do. Uh, it's Jason. Not a bad name. It doesn't mean bad ass. Like but I, I, I think it's humorous. Most people think it is. I do. I, I love it though, man. The book's called Deliberate Discomfort. You're listening to him here on a new direction. Hey, folks, you know what? New Direction has two great sponsors. One of the sponsors that we have, and we love them, is Epic Physical Therapy. I was just over to their main office. They're off of Falls of News Road. Got to tell you something. They have an amazing facility, and they have, but better than their facility is the amazing people that they have. And here's the thing. As I was walking in there, I saw people who had just re- been recovering from an, a surgery or an injury, and some people were suffering every day because pains and were stretching out and things like that. And some people were professional athletes, and here they were, uh, were literally professional athletes were getting worked on at, at Epic Physical Therapy. And here's why. It's because the therapists at Epic Physical Therapy create custom treatment programs tailored to you, right? They don't, it's, not, it's not PT in a box, they look at what who you are, what you are, and then they customize that for you. Look, with their experience in rehabbing young athletes to elite professionals, they really do understand the need to treat the entire body as a functional whole, not just your symptoms or your injury. So when you're ready for epic relief, epic recovery, and epic results, look no further. Go to Epic Physical Therapy. That's epicpt.com, E-P-I-C-P-T.com. And... Our longtime sponsor, Linda Craft and Team Realtors. You know what? She helps people all over the world. How does she do that from Raleigh, North Carolina? It's because she's been in business for 35 years. And you know what? She she owns her own company. It's not part of a national brand. And she has created relationships all over the world with the best experts, regardless of what company they're from. That's how she helps people around the world. Yeah. it's. it's I guess you could say she's a world leader, <laughs> right? Here's the thing. She understands the power of relationship. She understands that your home is really about the relationships that you have in it. You don't remember the price of your grandmother's home, but you sure remember all those memories, don't you? And you know what? That's what Linda understood. Yeah, she's going to get you the best price. Yeah, she's going to take the reduce the stress and the whole thing. But it's about the relationship that you have, and she wants to treat your home exactly the way you want to treat it, which is why she's been in business for 35 years and at the very top of her game. So when you're ready to sell your home or buy your home, you know what? Go with what the customers say is the legend of customer service. Go with Linda Craft and Team Realtors. You can learn more by going to lindacraft.com. That's L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T dot com. 
And we're back here on A New Direction with Jason Van Camp and uh, his book, Deliberate Discomfort, which is, by the way, sits on top of my bookshelf. I look at it every time I'm in my studio. It sits right there um, next to um, my favorite things. It it doesn't even go into the bookshelf. You don't get to see the binding. You get to see what I see Um, every day. I walk into it because it's that important to me as a book. And uh, as I've said, I've read it four times and it gets better. One of the things you talk about in Leroy's chapter is you say fear is the antithesis of a strong spirit. Fear stands between action and inaction. People are living in a lot of fear here, Jason. How do we deal with how do we deal with that in terms of the spiritual part of ourselves and fear? That's that's an awesome question. So there are times in our life where we're overcome with exhaustion and pain internally and externally, right? Right. Having that strong spirit, right? Developing that strong spirit is going to help you interpret what's going on internally and externally. It's going to help you identify, okay, this is happening to me. How am I going to react to these stressors, right? Right. And your body's always, it's continually, consistently taking in information subconsciously uh, or consciously, and it's making choices, right? Mm. And like I said, many of the systems, you know, subconsciously, it, they're automatic and they're beyond our conscious control. But, um, you know, you can't tell your body to breathe in and out, just does it. However, when we're faced with um, very stressful situations, we produce a high level of, of neurotransmitters. And that helps us to uh, respond in, in a fight, flight or freeze method. Mm-hmm. Right? right. And what we're saying in through Leroy's example is turn that fear into awareness, right? Our fears are grounded in self, time, and space. But when you uh, make it so that those three things, self, time, and space vanish, the most fundamental of all fear, which is death, that can no longer exist. So what I'm saying is when the spirit is strong, you'll ultimately overcome your fear. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. You 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 talk about in in this chapter about embracing fear. You say the more you embrace fear, the more comfortable you will be challenging the unknown and overcoming being uncomfortable. Expand on that a little bit. So each of us has something that we're uncomfortable with, that we're afraid of, and it, for everybody, it's different. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to be honest with ourselves. And true to ourselves and say, you know what, this is difficult for me. This is bothersome. This is uncomfortable. This is something that I fear. And in order for me to overcome it, I have to confront it, you know, head first. And I need to say, all right, I'm afraid of this. I'm honest with myself. I know it. This, This is the situation. And I'm going to tackle it. Um, and it depends for everybody's different. Some people will just jump on the fear and tackle it like you're jumping into the, the deep end of a pool. Right. And some people need to dip their toes in the water first. Some people need to start at taking it on from the shallow end. That's fine. Whatever makes sense for you. And I typically like to go through the crawl, walk, run methodology. So start slow and finish fast. You know, get right. yourself used to it. That's what you need to be doing. Okay. You know, um, I know you're going to love this, Jay, but we are starting a deliberate discomfort challenge Mm. in January. It's a 60-day process. 
And so with our methodology of mental, physical, spiritual, social, emotional, professional, those six areas, and I know you have your four, which are basically very similar to what, what we're right. working with at, at Mission Six Zero. We're going to say you identify something that's uncomfortable for you in each of those six areas and you do it for 60 days. Be honest with yourself. No excuses, no failure. And um, and we'll see if you can accomplish it. Mm. Love it. I love that. I, I, I love, a matter of fact, you know, it, it's really interesting that you say that because I was going to dive into chapter seven, the dilemma with Dan Quinn. Yeah. Because, you know, you talk about if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, you know, have a team uh, is something right. that you say in your book. And but one of the things that you talk about are our core values or ethics and our morals. Right. Which is so critical. Right. To accomplishing anything. Right. So I could do all the 60 day challenges I want. Right. How many times have people. Well, how many times do you know of people who've said, you know, yes, but they've never done. It? Or my favorite is yeah, I'll try. Right. <laughs> right. And never, well, well, that's a value thing at the end of the day. It, but in our businesses, right, I think there's something. And, and by the way, are you okay? I'm going to put that 60 day challenge. If you'll send me the link, I'll put that 60 day challenge on the blog right up. Oh, yeah. We're, um, it's going to start on January 4th, Monday. Okay. And I'll give you all the information. Um, we're all not right. quite ready to market it yet. We're going to start doing that the day after okay. uh, Black Friday. Okay. So uh, I appreciate that tremendously. Yeah. So it'll be fun, man. We'll get you we'll get you signed up. And we'll okay. do it together. All right. Well, yeah. Let's. Yeah. I mean, we'll get the information. Then we'll get the information out to um, the thousands of people that listen to the show, and we'll we'll do that from there. I, I want to talk about the 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 culture um, piece okay. because there is a cultural piece that I mean, it's always been said that in business, culture eats strategy for breakfast, right? Yeah. And I I think that's true because as you know being serving as many years as you served in the different ways that you served culture is critical to survival and i thought one of the questions that you asked and i'm going to i'm going to bring it out and then i'm going to let you kind of expand on it you said if you ask your team this is where i think what i'm about to what you said is so brilliant here we have this idea that if we put down a bunch of slogans on our wall that we have created a culture. Yeah. Right. But if you ask your team, this is, this is from Jason's book. And, and by the way, um, this, this, this is, uh, in the book is chapter seven. Here, here's what he says. If you ask your team to describe your workplace culture on index cards, would the individual responses be the same? Oh, oh, oh. That's a challenge. Do they align in match with what is already in writing in your handbook or on the walls or on your website? That's question two. And then here's the third question, and this is the challenge, I think, here. Will these responses um, change your view in achieving your goals? Talk about, because culture, what we think is culture and what is culture is two different things, right? It is. It is. I'll tell you, it's, it's difficult to put your thumb on it. You know, it really is. Um, what I learned from Major Pettit and from my bosses throughout my military career were, um, is to basically look at it like this. I'll tell, talk to you from a Mission Six Zero perspective because I try to make sure that I'm running my company, you know, following my own guidelines and my own, <laughs> you know, my own training. You know, because there are times when guys are like, "Hey, Jason, what about this?" I'm like, 
yeah, yeah, you're right. I wrote about it. Yeah. I got to do it. You know, it's right. all, it's all true. So our culture is, you know, to help people to make money and do cool. Mm. That's what mission six zero is all about. And you have to ask yourself as a company, what problem do we solve? Right. You know, then you kind of have to put together your vision at the end of the day. This is what we want to accomplish. Right. Right. And these are our values. And when you're the leader, when you're the boss, when you're the commander, you know, it sort of trickles down. It just does. And you have to really get to know who you are, what you believe, what are your values. And you don't have to have 25 different values. You know, for me, three to five, and I, and I tend towards, you know, three values. And mine are, you know, just really knowing myself and knowing what I'm all about. It's determination, resourcefulness, and loyalty. Those three things resonate with me more than any other value. And when I hire people, I look for those traits. When I resonate, when I become friends with someone and we're vibing, it's because I can see those traits in them. You know, I value people that hold those uh, those traits, those values at a high degree. You know, that doesn't mean that I discredit the other values. It just means right. that those are the ones that mean the most to me. Um then we have commander's intent. You know, I think that's something that we fail a lot um, in the business world. We fail to provide our employees, our people, our subordinates, our managers, you know, our, our team with your intent. You know, you don't have to get specific, too specific on right. it to say at the end of the day, this is success for me. This is failure to me. And this is what it looks like, you know. Um, in addition to that, I kind of go a little bit further on the failure and success and say, this is how you get promoted. And then this is how you get demoted. Right. And for success, I look at it like this. And Major Pettit says the same thing in, in chapter one. It's, are you surviving, fighting, and winning? If you're doing those things, right, right. we're going to be okay. And so I look at it like when you first come into the company, you're surviving. You know, and as you get your feet on the ground, you get to figure out what's going on. Now you're fighting and now you're fighting. Now you're winning. What does that look like? What does that feel like to you? And that's how you establish your culture. Um, to me, you had to have a, a catchphrase like the Nike, just do it, you know, and um, and really to establish the right culture. You need to have a sit down with each of your employees and find out what they want to do. What are your values, employee person number one? You know, what do you want to accomplish? Why are you here? At the end of the day, what's your why? You know, right. uh, and if I can help you accomplish that, you know, you're going to be loyal to me and you're going to be determined. You're going to be resourceful. You're going to you're going to figure out how to get things done. And. Um, and you'll buy into me because I've bought into you. And that's how I believe you really establish that culture. Uh his name's James Van Camp. Uh, book is Deliberate Discomfort. Listen, it's 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 a really great book. Here's the thing: how the book is designed. The book is designed where he literally takes you when he's a captain. He's taking you through uh, his first days, basically, and he's interviewing person after person after person who has served and learning about his people and different types of people. And these people have amazing uh, stories that served uh, many lost limbs and. Uh, 
and and fought depression and other things and how they came back from it. The book is is filled with the stories, but here's the other thing, and you're hearing it from Jason now. It's filled with practical application of what to do. And uh, that's that's the be- that's one of the beauties about this book. And um, uh, trust me, uh, he he w- the book will give you a kick in the tail because you because um, it does for me. Uh, I w- and I want to get to the Dragonov Rusty Wit Chapter sure. Six, and I want to talk okay. about that because <laughs> uh, Rusty Rusty is one of a kind. If people don't know Rusty Wit, you should. If you're a football college football fan, you do because he is one of the most intense strength coaches in the country, and uh, every every person respects him out of there. And uh, he is one tough dude. And I don't know if he said it or you said it, but one of you may have said it. Um, when you're in the suck, you need to be prepared. Preparation does not start the day out. It starts now. We don't rise to the occasion. We rise to the level of our training. So what, Jason? <laughs> hey, if you ever been in the military, the truer words have been spoken. And you heard that probably a lot. You know, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, thanks for all that. The positive feedback from the book as well, and I'm, I'm so happy to be on the show. You know, um, what does success look like? How do you qualify? How do you quantify it? That is, right. You know, to me, success is this is defined as, as happiness. You know, and, right. and happiness, at least for me, true happiness is from serving other people. Right. And so you don't rise to the occasion; you fall to the level of your training. Right. You know, that's just how it is. And so when you're in the military. You're only as good as your training and you're only as good as what you're going to tolerate as a commander. If you tolerate um, people being late to meetings, if you tolerate um, sloppiness, if you tolerate, um, you know, bad shots, you know, on the range, well, guess what? You just bought all that stuff as a commander. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, in chapter three, we talk about it with Matt Cheney and it goes something like this, you know, we don't practice until we get it right. We practice until we can't get it wrong. Right. And that's the mindset that we had um, in the special forces, you know, in our company. This is this is true, though. You know, the, the level of our training is this is true, I think, being a parent. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, I think I think one of the things that I think about and of course, my 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 son is older now. And but, you know, as a parent, you know. What we what we don't correct, we accept. Yes. As a parent, you know, and I think there is a there is a danger because you know we love our kids and you know, but the truth of the matter is, if we if we it, we we're actually doing a disservice to them, right? And and the same is true in the military. We're actually doing a disservice to the mil the team if we don't correct along the way. Is that, do I got that wrong or am I kind of in the right ballpark anywhere? You're, you're nailing it. You're nailing it. I'll give you another example. My wife and I were walking along our, our there's a river trail outside of our house, you know, and there was a, a little kitty, a little baby cat that was abandoned by its mother. And about a month old or so is typically when the, the mother's abandoned their, their children, you know, Right. and it was just meowing and meowing and meowing. And my wife's heart went out to it. And so she tried to coax it out and, and I caught it. And, and my wife was not a 
huge animal lover. She's like, let's take it home. It needs to come home, you know? So <laughs> we take it home and we feed it the milk and we give it food and we love it, you know, and it's, it's starting to grow. And now this cat is the most needy cat you could ever imagine, you know? Like this, I'm like this. Thinking to myself, I'll put this cat outside. It can kill some mice for me, and we got a big garden. You know, like this cat will be useful. This cat just sits by the sliding glass window when I put it outside and meows all day until we let it in. I mean, it's like, are you kidding me, bro? And it's gotten to the point where we're not letting it in. We're like, you got to figure it out yourself, bud. You know. Right. And so now I go into my office, which is in the basement. The cat walks around to the front <laughs> lawn and hurls itself into my window well because it knows I'm in my office with the window well and basically traps itself in the window well and like bangs on the on the glass on the window and begs me to let it in. And I think to myself, you know, how much better would it have been if we just left that cat where it was? <laughs> You know, to fend for itself, to get tough, to learn how to hunt, you know, to be a tough cat. You know what I mean? Like, we did it a, an incredible disservice by being kind to it. We were being kind. We we're being cruel to that thing. Now it, it doesn't know how to live without us. You know what I mean? It's yes. Just, it, it's the same thing with ourselves, with life. You know what I mean? It's 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 true, right? We We... We want to do all these nice things, but niceness does not get us better often. I mean, yes, I, I mean, look, yes, we should be kind to other people. Yes, we yes. should, we, yes, we should, you know, our words should be laced with gentleness and, and, and but at the same time, you just can't let people do what they want to do. <laughs> and you certainly can't let a cat do what it wants to do. <laughs> And that's what's uncomfortable for me, for us. For sometimes it's like, oh, you want to be kind, you want to be nice, and it breaks your heart to see right. somebody crying and whining. Right. You know, but that's not how tough people are made. That's not how you grow stronger and you become an improved person in life. You know, you need mm -hmm. to take on those challenges. And like I say in the book, it has to be, you know, voluntarily, intentionally, deliberately mm -hmm. chosen. You know, right. and you know, oftentimes the choice is placed on you and you really can't do anything about it. You know, it's not the ideal situation, but it still works. Right. If you can choose it yourself, you're going to be okay. You know? Yeah. And we're going to get back to that. Folks, it's Jason Van Camp, author, award-winning book, Deliberate Discomfort. And you're listening to him here on A New Direction. Hey, folks, uh, you know what? Our, our sponsors are awesome. I love our sponsors, Epic Physical Therapy, right? They're a facility, which I, matter of fact, they've opened even another facility, and uh, it's it, they're amazing, they're beautiful. And by the way, man, do they have great people. Their facilities, though, offer the most advanced top-of-the-line equipment. There's the Alter-G Anti-Gravity Treadmill. I just saw somebody on their Instagram page, and by the way, follow them on Instagram. It's Epic Physical Therapy. But they were running in the Anti-Gravity Treadmill. No pain. That's pretty cool. Then there's the Normatec compression sleeves. Yeah. Uh, if you're having, if you like are working out and all of a sudden those joint things happen and you put a compression sleeve on, I, I just want to tell you the pain seems to go away. It's pretty cool. Then there's the game ready. And I tell you how it's my favorite, right? Because it's frozen water and compression all at the same time. And man, when that compresses that knee, it, oh, it's just awesome. Look, they are trained. Not only, not only do they have all this good, but they've got this, 
the people that are trained and certified in the most comprehensive cutting edge treatments available. Blood flow restriction therapy, dry needling. They'll even do the electrodes on the dry needles and uh, it's great stimulating the muscle. takes away pain. Oh man, it's awesome. And then Cupping, uh, which you've seen the back of the swimmers in the Olympics with the circles on their back where they're manipulating the muscle through the skin. Look, they're fantastic. So when you're ready for your epic relief, epic recovery, and epic results, don't look any further. Go to Epic Physical Therapy. You can learn more by going to EpicPT.com. That's E-P-I-C-P-T.com. And Linda Craft and Team Realtors. You know what? For 35 years, they have stayed at the top of their game. And how have they done that? How do you stay at the top of the real estate game for 35 years? Through all the different changes, through all the different rates, through all the different, uh, you know, recessions. I mean, how do you do, how do you do it? Well, I'll tell you how you do it. She does it by creating relationships. That's, that's how she does it. She, she's authentic. She's an authentic human being who creates authentic relationships because people are important. Matter of fact, they're the most important thing. And she recognized that from day one. And she wanted to serve people the best that she could with an industry that she happens to love. And she loves real estate. And the best way to do that was to match those things together. Serve others, right? Build relationships, maintain relationships, right? And, you know, do what you love to do. It doesn't get better than that. It creates passion. It creates purpose. And that's what she created. So if you're looking for someone who has the passion, who has the purpose, who matches up her her skills, her talents, abilities, right? And matches them with the fact that she wants to serve, she wants to do the best by you, and it's in an authentic and genuine way. There's nowhere else to look. Look for Linda Craft at Team Realtors. You can do that by going to lindacraft.com. That's L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T dot com. And we're back here on A New Direction, and we're with Jason Van Camp, Deliberate Discomfort, the award-winning book uh, from Jason. You know, uh, one of the things that you talk about in this chapter, um, we're talking uh, that we're that we're talking about, and you, t- you did bring it up about living a life of service to others. Mm, yeah. And you said you must do things that are at first, comma, uncomfortable. Here's how, and I'm just going to list them for you, and I'll let you kind of walk down. Start. Don't quit. Push yourself past your comfort zone. Embrace the suck. Create a support network. Recognize your improvements. Here's my favorite. Rinse and repeat. <laughs> so let's let's talk let's let's talk about this a little bit uh, in terms of serving others because I think I think we like to use the term that I'm in service to others, but when we say we serve others, right? Especially you as you as you as a retired veteran, when when you when you served, what did that mean to you? That's a great question. I don't think I truly understood what it meant to me until later in my career, possibly even after my career was over, to take a step back and, and just kind of look at what um, was accomplished, and look at the relationships that were built, and and who I actually served, and what. I actually did what we did, you know. Um, to me, I'll, I'll tell you, Jeff Kirkham is a Green Beret. He's a great friend of mine. And we talked about this in the book, and he, he kind of told me this. He said, you know, happiness is the precursor to success. It's not the other way around. In order to find success, you need to find your happiness first. So anytime you think to yourself, I'll be happy when, you know, you fill in the blank, you need to realize that happiness 
is actually a choice as opposed to a response to your circumstances. So I think that I've thought about this a lot. You know, I think that true happiness comes from serving other people, right? And Jeff Kirkham says this to me, he said, you know, if you read all the sacred texts of all the major religions, it really comes down to one thing. It comes down to service. And that makes sense to me. You know, I've studied a lot of religion and it really comes down to that. You know, and it says, it says that everybody has really the same chemicals in, in, in our bodies, right? We're all built the same way. We've got endorphins, dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin, cortisol. And, and we break down in the book what those chemicals do to us. And when you have um, optimal dopamine, serotonin, and oxytocin together, right, that trifecta of happiness, those three chemicals are interacting with each other at an optimal level when you're serving other people, you know? Um, so how do you become happy? You know, you don't make it a goal. You don't make it a goal to say, I want to be happy because the more you chase it, the less you'll find it. And Viktor Frankl writes in um, Man's Search for Meaning, which is a brilliant book. Brilliant book. Brilliant you know, book. You, you got to read this. And this is one of my favorite quotes. And, and I pulled it up right here. and I want to read it. He says, don't aim at success. The more you aim at it and make it a target, the more you're going to miss it. For success, like happiness, cannot be pursued. It must ensue. And it only does so as the unintended side effect of one's personal dedication to a cause greater than oneself. Mm. Or as the byproduct of one's surrender to a person other than oneself. Happiness must happen, and the same holds for success. You have to let it happen by not caring about it. I want you to listen to what your conscious commands you to do and go on to carry it to the best of your knowledge. Then you will live to see that in the long run, success will follow you precisely because you had forgotten to think about it. Man, that's almost counterintuitive, you know? It is. But it's it's beautiful and it makes sense and it's it true. It is. You know, if you if you apply that practice in your life, you'll find how much happier you become. And mm. uh, and I couldn't swear more by that. There's there's a lot of power, spiritual power in this chapter. Yeah, well, I think there's I think there's an action in there too that 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 is so powerful because you know what we say we want to be successful because we believe that success will breed happiness, right? But we we focus so much on being successful that we didn't we we didn't focus on the right thing. Is that the truth of the matter? Success comes out of service. I mean, that's really kind of what he's saying, isn't it? Is that when I'm focused on someone else and I'm not really thinking about success, I'm not really thinking. I'm just focused on you know what that other person or that other group of people, right? You're lost in the idea of I got to become successful. I mean, you have to admit, you, you know, you did over 300 missions, right? I mean, did did you, I mean, when you do these missions, right, it's not where you go in and go, okay, we're going to be successful, right? I, don't, I, I think you're just trying to serve whoever you're serving, aren't you? What it comes down to, you know, and you figure that out. I don't know if everybody feels that way when you first start. Right. But through experience, you learn that that's true. 
you learn, like I say in chapter one, you look up and you realize that it's not about you. It's about the guys to your left and to your right. And if you make right. them succeed, you will succeed yourself. Right. You know, and you kind of change your mindset, that attitude where, you know, once you start focusing on other people and it's counterintuitive because we're right. naturally um, a natural human response. We're naturally inclined to 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 survive personally, to care about ourselves, to make sure that we're getting what we need, expend, not expending energy that we don't need on other people so we can survive. But once you break out of that mindset and you look up and you realize that there are other people there around you that need you, suffering just as bad as, if not worse than you are, right. if you can help them succeed, then all of a sudden you forget about your own pain. And all of a sudden, as a surprise, you're happy and you're successful mm. because the team is. You, you, you know what? We... We naturally, by the way, this isn't an indictment against anybody who's listening out there, but if you're human, we are naturally selfish. Yeah. I mean, we, we're naturally interested in protecting ourselves physically, protecting ourselves emotionally, protecting ourselves mentally, protecting ourselves socially, you know, financially. We're just mentally trying to protect ourselves all over the place because we're worried about ourselves, right? And then... That extends out. I'm worried about my family, right? And so we focus on what do I need to do, blah, 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 instead of saying, you know, looking, okay, well, what can I do? Instead of what do I need to do, what can I do for others that fits with what I am been naturally given and skilled to do? And I think it seems to me that we, we kind of missed that peace because i mean i think it, it comes out in the book here that you, you know what every one of these people that you interviewed every one of them were given a natural they, they had a, i mean yes they worked hard but they had a they had a gift i mean you have you had a gift to do that because not everybody not everybody who wants to go in the military is going to make it or right. it, or should be in the military i mean you're you either called to it and you're gifted with it or you're not Right. I mean, not everybody can do a podcast. Sorry. I know everybody thinks they can, but you know what? You can, you can sure try, but not everyone can. That's right. Right. You either have, there's a gift, there's a set of natural giftings and I happen to love what I do. And you loved what you did. You love what you do now. But the point is when you match that up and instead of holding on to that passion and instead of holding on to that sense of purpose for yourself, you actually expand it out to everyone else, how can you not be successful? That's a great point. It's a, it's a really positive and powerful way of looking at it. I mean, man, you've given a gift not to hold on. It's not for you. <laughs> your, your talents, abilities, and gifts aren't for you. It's, it's, it's for everyone else. I, I mean, I mean, man, that, that just seems to, I mean, even when you say it in the, you know, even when you say it in the book, you know, start, show up, start on your own. Don't wait for anybody else. Don't quit. Push yourself past your comfort zone. Embrace the suck. Create a support yep. network. Recognize your improvement. Rinse and repeat. Yep. What, what part of that is about you? It's, it's, it's a journey. You know, your right. journey you're taking with other people. You said earlier in the in the show, you know, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with the team. Right. Yeah, you I, know, going I, fast, but you're going nowhere. What's the point? Yeah, I I think it's 
I think it's so interesting that we are get so focused on what we want and what we want to do. But if we were just focused on what we're, what we have been given to do and do it for others through service, it can make our life just changes. Your life changed. My life changed. Yeah. And it has to be something hard for you. I'll show you. I'll share a story with you. I'm not sure why the story is popping in my mind right now, and I feel compelled to share it with you. It Go. seems kind of kind of dumb, but you know, I was uh, a young lieutenant at Ranger School. You know, in the 61 days, if you're lucky, of embracing the suck. You know, I lost 28 pounds. You know, like everybody, a lot of people lost a lot more weight than that. But you go to Ranger School, you know, and there's only so much food that they give you to eat. Right. Right. And you're starving. And a lot of times there are guys that will steal food or they'll go dumpster diving or they'll do whatever because they're more concerned about their own self-interest and self-preservation. And they're just selfish. Right. Right. And I never wanted to be that guy ever. And it always pissed me off when I found out that somebody's stolen something from me or, or, or whatever. Um, but one of the things I'm most proud of, not just at Ranger School, but in life. And like I said before, this is this is dumb, but it always meant a lot to me. Uh, my ranger buddy, this guy was an absolute rock star, man. He, he saved my butt more than a few times in ranger school on graded patrols and things like that. And I really respected this guy. His name was Hepworth. And uh, he came to me one night as we were, we were walking up these mountains. And he's like, damn it. He's like, somebody stole my MRE, his meal ready to eat, you know, his, his dinner. And uh, he was really bummed about it. And I was like, oh, man, that sucks. I can't imagine not having any dinner right now. You know, and then I looked at my MRE, you know, and I was like, oh, man, how hard would it be if I were to give my MRE to, to Epworth right now? You know what I mean? And I kept thinking about it. And I gave him my meal. And he was so, so freaking happy, man. He couldn't, he couldn't have been more happy. And and I was like, how am I going to survive, you know, without this meal? I'm so freaking hungry right now. Like, I'm going to eat my fist. And I found that just giving him my that MRE, all of a sudden, that that overwhelming trifecta of happiness, that feeling of service just overcame me. And I really was no longer hungry. And we continued going up the mountains that whole night. And I just kept thinking, you know, how proud I am of myself for giving that meal to him. You know, because it was so, so hard for me. It wasn't easy for me. It was incredibly difficult. And I think about that story from time to time, and, and I try to replicate that in certain areas of my life. Um, but I just felt compelled to share that with you. I I love that story because it reminds me of again of a Victor Frankel, right, who talked about the guys who would come through while they were in concentration camps with pieces of bread, right, and yeah. right, and even though they were hungry, and they would take their pieces of bread and share it with the, the people who were in the concentration camps. And he makes the point of you know. They could take everything away except your freedom to choose. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's the beautiful, you know, that you have, you have a freedom of choice to do what you're going to do that you can overcome it. And I think that's the beautiful thing about your story as well is that, you know, you had freedom to choose. You, 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 you could, you could have said, man, that's a bummer. I'm really sorry. And moved on. Yeah. But you made a different choice. That That's... Because you had the freedom to, but man, don't think for a moment, right, that our emotions <laughs> as human beings, that our emotions and everything else isn't involved in that decision-making process, right? Of 
I'm going, oh, dude, do I really want to give this up? God, I know he's hungry. Uh, can I really live? Can I live with that? Right? I mean, but you made the choice. That is yeah. cool. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll tell you another story um, I was thinking about. When we talk about values and our vision, and our dreams, and who are we as people and what we want to accomplish and, and why that matters. You know, why, why, why should we care? You know, my, uh, my buddy Cameron, a good friend of mine, he's been married for 18 years. He's got like five kids. And when I was getting married, the first time I asked him, and many other people as well, hey, do you have any advice for me? You know, getting married for the first time. And I remember Cameron was, he was like, oh, yeah, man, marriage is easy. You know, let me tell you, let me tell you a few things. You know, he told me some pointers, you know, and I took him to heart and flash forward five years later. Um, last year around this time, as a matter of fact, we were having lunch and he was just looking terrible, you know, just really depressed and something was, you know, really bothering him and he was just out of sorts. And, you know, I, I said, hey, man, what's what's going on? Anything you want to get off your chest? You know, and he's like, Dallas are out and he's like, I'm, I'm getting a divorce, man. And I was like, wow, dude, I'm shocked. Like, what are we talking about? I thought you guys had a perfect marriage and everything was going great and you guys were making money. And he's like, no, man. He says, I'm actually pretty devastated. I didn't see it coming. Well, what happened? If you don't mind me asking. And he was very blunt and vulnerable with me. He said, you know, I, I, uh, I came home a few days ago, uh, parked my truck, walked inside. My wife was in the kitchen and all the kids were kind of in around the kitchen, the living room, watching TV, playing, whatever. And and uh, I asked her what was for dinner. And she looked at me and she said, very matter-of-factly, I'm, I'm leaving you. I want a divorce. And he thought she was joking at first. And he's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, no, I'm, I'm serious. It's over. And I'm leaving you. And I'm leaving right now. And she started walking towards the door. And she had her bags packed. And he noticed that her luggage was by the door. And he started to panic. And he started to say, I'll do anything. I'll go to counseling. I'll work on the marriage. I'll change I'll, whatever you need. Just stay, please. Like, let's have a discussion. Let's talk about this. And she said, no, you know, like I've made up my mind. I've actually been cheating on you for the last year and I'm going to move in with this guy. He's actually my soulmate. And uh, you have fun with the kids, you know, and I'm, and I'm out. And he was even more shocked and he followed her to the car and he, please, I'll do anything. Just stay, just stay. And he, he basically walked in front of the car to prevent her from leaving. And she just said, you know, Cameron, I'll, I'll give you one shot, one chance. If you can tell me what my vision is, what my dream is, what I've always wanted to do with my life. If you can tell me what that is, I'll stay with you. And he just looked at her. He shrugged his shoulders and he said, I don't know. And he got out of her way and she drove off. And that was the end of his marriage. You know, and it comes down to what we talked about before. It's about knowing the other person, having those conversations. What can I do to help you accomplish your vision and your dream? It's not about you. It's about the other person, right? And and not just in marriage, knowing what your spouse wants to accomplish, what their dream is or vision is. It's also about your employees as well, your people, the people you work with. You know, if you can help them accomplish their dreams, they're going to help you accomplish yours. And that's really how, like I talk about, you want to get buy-in, you got to give buy-in. And that's how you do it. Um, I usually ask people to give a new, new direction at the end of the show. You just did it. 
<laughs> you just you just gave people. I went long, man. I'm sorry. No, no, that, you just gave people. Like, no, you just gave people. No, don't. No, you just gave people the new direction, man. <laughs> that was brilliant. His name is Jason Van Camp, uh, Major Jason Van Camp. The book is Deliberate Discomfort. He just gave you a new direction, folks. If you didn't, if you didn't get it from there, you are not going to get it. I'm just going to tell you right now. Listen, folks, be inspired because when you're inspired, that means you're going to inspire others, and when they're inspired, that means they're in turn will inspire other people and that will make this world a great place. I'm going to be back here next week with another great guest, another great book, another great show. As I say to you every week, you know what that is. Ciao, everybody. Rest well, Bob. confidence and the answers don't make sense you got to keep your hope alive you got to know you can survive this is your time to find a new direction a brand new day a new direction things are gonna change Dreams will take you places you have never been before Find your passion, find your strength Don't worry anymore A new direction